What's up, ladies and gentlemen? You are listening to MMA Daily, the podcast where we bring you the latest in the world of mixed martial arts. I'm Gabriel. You can find me on social media at Double G on TV. And I need to wish a happy WCW to the always WCW on the show, Miss Kayla Beatty. Aw, thank you, G. Hey, MMA fans. I'm Kayla. You can find me at fangirl underscore MMA. How's your week going so far? Okay, I kid you not. Doing this show is easily the highlight of my car. Not because it's MMA, but I've been through a battle. Let me ask you, have you seen Rocky? Yes, a long time ago. That's exactly what my last two days have felt like. Oh, man. My, my goodness, I... I, I was surprised I woke up this morning. It I, I, I've been through some stuff. So today's my first day this week, actually, where I don't have other responsibilities. I'm able to just focus entirely on MMA. Um, I have some stuff I'll be announcing at the end of the show. But yeah, I am very happy to talk about my favorite thing with my favorite person to talk about it with. So really, what about you, Kayla? How's your week going? Yeah, my week's been good, too, just kind of getting things lined up um, for next week. We have an exciting week next week um, in Temecula, California, that we'll talk about at the end of the show. But I'm also excited to talk about some of the news that's dropped. I feel like we have some fun stuff to discuss. We do. So this is odd, I think, because I think I want to say this might be one of the only shows we've done since we moved to podcasts where we're not recapping a UFC or a Bellator card. So there was quite a, you know, I want to say there wasn't a lot of seismic activity in the MMA world, but that doesn't mean we don't have some fun stuff that we could chat about. Starting with our top story, Jimmy Rivera is going to be taking on John Dodson at UFC 228. The fight is set to take place on September 8th. And, of course, we just saw Jimmy earlier this month. He had a 20-fight win streak snapped when he lost to Marlon Moraes. John Dodson has been alternating wins and losses since 2015. He's 3-3 right now, but he's currently coming off a win against Pedro Munoz in March. Also remember, Kayla, that that was the last fight on Dodson's contract, and he was looking to renegotiate a new deal. He wanted to be coming off a win so he could have more power when he went to the table, and he got it. So let's start off with the first question. Um, before we talk about the fight and how it could go, Jimmy Rivera lost in, what was it, 30 seconds-ish with some change? Uh-huh. So is he coming back too soon from a loss like that? Yeah, well, I'm glad we're bringing up the, um, you know, a couple of points here. Yes, he, you know, got knocked out. It was a pretty clean one. Um, definitely has that, that uh, you know, vicious stop to a nice record. I, I don't think that I want to say, is he coming back too soon? I think as long as doctors have cleared him. I feel like when you've been on a run like he has, as soon as you get knocked out and stopped like that, you probably want to not erase it, but what do we say? You know, everyone remembers a fighter for his last fight. Yep. So I'm sure he wants to erase that that one off his record and just move forward. So I think that if he has the chance to, why not? I think that John Dodson, not, I think John Dodson, you know, is probably getting more out of facing a Jimmy Rivera than Jimmy Rivera is facing him. But I think that he is still a respectable 
you know, has a respectable position in that division. So I think that, you know, maybe getting a win over John will make him feel like he's getting that momentum back towards, you know, getting closer to a title shot since he was closely there. Um, I also like that you brought up the comment about John Dodson and how he's renewed that contract because I'm sure that when negotiating, he probably wanted to know that if he continues to be successful, that there's a title shot, you know, eventually, um, or at least I guess like that's the direction he's going. And I think that if he re-signed with the UFC, that was probably something he felt confident about. But what do you think, G? Do you think that Jimmy's coming back too soon? Do you think that John's going to come into this fight with more momentum, knowing another big win over Jimmy Rivera would be, you know, a good way to get some attention on him? Um, so very loaded question. I think the first one, um, when I look at the way that that fight finished and the way that Jimmy did pop back up and look like he had his feet under him rather quickly after that knockout, I want to say that no. I think that Marlon really just hit the button. I don't want to say it was one where Jimmy got rattled excessively, if that makes sense. So I want to say that come September, assuming that he's not doing hard sparring just yet, I would say that he should be just fine, considering how tough a guy he is, well-conditioned, the nature of the finish. So I would say no. But I always bring this up, that when you have a fighter who kind of gets right back in there, it always is viewed in hindsight. So, for example, physically, he might be just fine. But let's say that John Dodson were to knock him out just in the first round. He just catches him also. Everyone is immediately going to say, Jimmy Rivera shouldn't have come back so soon. He just got knocked out. Look what happened. And even if physically he was fine, it is viewed a certain way. So I do want to point that out that, you know, some of the criticism might come back to him if that's the way this fight were to end. Now, in terms of the John Dodson thing, um, I think that the story of John Dodson is a, it's a really weird one because we were feeling like he was the biggest threat to Demetrius Johnson a few years ago. Obviously, you lose twice to DJ. There's nowhere else to go. He moves back up to 135. And I think people forget that he's lost to top guys. He lost to John Lineker. He lost to Marlon Moraes. These are top five guys in the Bantamweight division. So those losses is none to be ashamed of. He is certainly in a position where he could put two or three together. And maybe you are talking about a Cody Garbrandt fight, a TJ Dillashaw, a Marlon Moraes rematch. One of these top three guys. And you're immediately right back there. But it will start with Jimmy. I agree with you. He has more to gain by beating Jimmy Rivera than the opposite way, considering the standings right now. Which, of course, let me point this out, though, Kayla. Stylistically, this is a very fun fight. Both guys, I mean, John Dodson, powerful, or explosive athlete. But Jimmy Rivera, just like Marlon Moraes, versatile, very tough mixed martial artist. These are two guys, they could easily go very good 15 minutes showing a whole display of skills about the actual fight. Yeah, I agree. I see this one, you know, going in the in the later rounds for sure. And I think it's just going to be a matter of experience. But as far as, you know, John Dodson changing divisions, he's not one of those fighters where I'm as concerned as... Um, you know, you would be for somebody else moving up or, or uh, moving down. So 
I don't know. I think that as the fight gets closer, you know, we'll definitely be able to get a better idea of um, how the guys are preparing for each other, get more insight on Jimmy Rivera, see where his head's at too. Cause I think like you said, that whole mentality, we're going to be able to see if that knockout after, you know, a 20 fight win streak is going to mess with the guy's head or not. But I think it's going to be, yeah, an entertaining show for sure. They have the skills. No, definitely. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I don't think this one's going to be a main event, but I'd be surprised if it doesn't get a main card. Where? Oh, let me see. This one, the Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, wait, I'm actually, oh, 228. So that one, so if it's a pay-per-view card, I don't know. I think we really got to wait and see, um, I guess, how loaded an event is it? Is that going to be that rumored? Um, uh, look, I'm not going to put gas on that fire but it is rumored that could be a big event if i'm not mistaken so it really depends if it's going to be a main card on pay-per-view or they might set it up as like a the featured prelim the main event of the prelims so to speak so i think we're gonna have to wait and see until the rest of the card really starts to shape up for sure Moving on to our next story, Michael Venom Page winning his second pro boxing fight. Kayla, he took this fight less than, he signed it and fought less than a month since we saw him at Bellator 200. I think that's insane. Um, MVP needed just a little bit of time. Second round knockout. He made it look easy. I am going to point out, yes, I am aware the guy he was fighting is one in five. Still, MVP delivered. Um, I'm sure he wasn't the main event, I doubt. So I think if you're just looking to see, you know, this guy who moves unusually, you got what you paid for. But Kayla, I mean, Bellator at welterweight, you have Rory McDonald. You're wondering if you're going to get the Gegard Mousasi fight. I mean, do you think MVP needs to get back into MMA because he's right there for a title shot? Here's the thing. I think that he is so skilled and I'm really becoming more and more or a bigger fan of his. And this is the reason why I think that when you perform the way that you do in MMA, like in his last fight with Bellator, you're going to be on people's minds, especially when they think of how stacked the welterweight division is. When you are performing that well, when you have that great of a personality, you're saying fun, you know, things in the press, you're going to stay, you know, on, on Scott Coker, on the fans' minds. What I also really like about him is there's so many fighters that talk about how they want to compete in boxing and MMA or, you know, maybe even other sports, grappling tournaments, whatever. Bellator is one of the bigger companies that allows their fighters to do so. I love that MVP is taking advantage of that and showing that he really is going to be a fighter that's going to be able to do both and successfully jump from one sport to the next, even if it means he's fighting with only, you know, a month or two in between. I think Heather Hardy's another one too. She recently fought in boxing. So I really like that, you know, he's a representative of, of, of these new fighters that can take advantage of, of working, you know, under a company like Bellator. And I think that it's just going to hopefully motivate or inspire the other talent that's saying that they want to do both um to actually book those fights as well but um yeah as far as him staying you know in mind for the welterweight division or that title i think that he's 
very aware there's other fights to make too. But I think that if they wanted to do that super fight between Gegard and Rory, I think that we'd be hearing a little bit more about it. I really do think they want to save that one a little bit. So I see an MVP title shot within the next year or two. Well, I mean, with Bellator, um, until we get a little more stuff, I know we are saving, but I, we're very aware of the, the buzz that is going on right now for Bellator, especially today. Um, I'm not sure. So here's my thing with MVP. I, I agree with you. If he has the ability to do this the way he's shown us, more power to him. I am all for seeing him try to conquer both sports. My thing about it is, if you remember, ironically, the first video we ever shot, we talked about the people these prospects were excited for. I gave honorable mention to MVP. I feel like, you know, and for good reason why. People are seeing this guy this year. But what happened last year? He didn't even fight. He had, like, one pro boxing, and that to me is like, uh, like, okay, I get that you're trying it, but if you're going to generate this kind of buzz and then fall off the map because you're trying this other stuff, I get a little more concerned about it. I like that he's boxing, but I would hope that it is with the plan to keep a more regular MMA schedule because I think that all these teases, it's kind of like um, like we talk about several other fighters. Yeah, it would be great. I like Chris Weidman versus Whitaker. I like Kane Velasquez out there. But if you know that there's this, they're not as active, you're not going to see them in the cage as often, I can't say I am as amped up about them to be in big fights, regardless of how good it's going to be, for this exact reason. It's the same with MVP. Yeah, he's going to be fun, but if he, if he only fights once, I can't say I like that in a world champion. I think that it causes more issues. It just makes us be like, well, if let's say he comes in, beats Rory quick, takes another year off to do the boxing stuff. Well, now we have this other issue with the welterweight division. That is something I don't want to see happen. So that's my one concern with MVP doing both at this current schedule. Now, he could come back later this year. Shut but because he fell off the map, I am a little hesitant right now. So that's my only thing about it. Well, I think that, yes, of course, you have reason to be concerned with last year's stuff. But what I'm assuming is last year he was making his boxing debut, right? So he probably did want to train. He seems like someone that wants to put the work in his team, you know, uh, as well. So maybe the reason why we didn't see him as active last year is that he really wanted to be prepared to go into boxing or come back into MMA and be trained for both. Because I think the fact that we're seeing him, you know, compete the way he did in MMA and then take a boxing, um, you know, match just shortly after, it seems like he wants to be in there. I think an interview I had read him too, he was talking about how he just felt like he's on another level that he, um, what was the word that he used? I forgot what he said, but he was basically saying that that was some of the most fun he's ever had was the last time he fought in MMA. So it does seem like he wants to be in, you know, on the, in the ring or in the cage, whatever. I think that we'll see him more active. And then I don't know, I don't really see him or the promotion letting someone sit around for too long. I think that 
Scott Coker's pretty smart. I think that um, they've seen how upset people have been with other promotions titles kind of sitting around waiting for a star to come back. Is he or is he not? So it'd be foolish for when you ha finally have a division that has so many, you know, possible matchups for you to just let a title just sit there. I don't see that happening. I mean, the way uh, here's the, okay. Ideally, this is what I'm hoping we are going to get in some form is the, the Rory Gegard fight. This is a big fight that I'm assuming that they're still working on the deal. Um, I disagree with you slightly. I think that it is good. Fight. I would hope that in that time, you're going to have Paul Daly MVP in the cage because I think that's just a ton of fun. And Scott Coker knows it's a big fight. I'm not sure really. I mean, it's tough right now because Giga top two guys a little weight. But you got to think about who is going to, who do you line up now in that division? So I would hope that those two, I think that MVP Daily could headline a card. Rory get happen. And we figure out the belts from there. That is the schedule will be. But of course, it's dependent on all these. Starting to fall. I think we're in a holding pattern, but that is my hope, and I think a lot of fans want to see that too. Moving on to our next story, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson pushes to ban the. Um, I always feel like I mispronounce it. The oblique knee kicks, these side kicks to the knee that you see. So he apparently damaged his MCL against Darren Till. He doesn't need surgery, but Thompson said he is hoping the UFC takes some action with the Athletic Commission and just kind of bans this particular strike. Now, Kayla, you've seen John Jones fight like I have. Holly Holm. Who? Oh, you know that one guy? <laughs> um, who did he fight? He fought Brandon Vera a long time ago. <laughs> that guy? I think that was his big... I don't think he was ever involved in anything else, though. Do you remember? I don't know. We'll have to look at him as a Wikipedia. Yeah, we got to Google that. But, you know, you uh, look, we've seen these kicks from a lot of people, men and women. Um, Kayla, let, before we start talking about just how do you feel about it when you see a fighter using it? I think that, well, I mean, statistically, I just read something. Kicks are definitely the new popular thing, or just we're seeing more of them in MMA, I should say. Yep. And I'm for a lot of them. I think that they are a really nice way to break down, you know, a fighter. I think that they look flashy and fun. Obviously, they can do some intense damage. That one, though, I'm not... I'm just not a huge fan of because of this reason. It sucks when something like this happens and then it takes out a fighter for a long amount of time. And I feel like, you know, it only takes one to really do a lot of damage like that. So I kind I get where, where Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's coming from. It just sucks if it's something that can easily cause a surgery and it be a situation like a Robert Whitaker. Here we have a champion that, you know, we didn't get to see come back for a while just because he was waiting on surgery and you're losing someone in the in their prime when they could be, you know, the next middleweight champion legacy. So I, how do you feel? Um, same thing. I mean, look, when you're watching the fights and you're seeing these guys use the full arsenal with um, 
not that kick, but just kicks and knees and all that. That's an element. And I also acknowledge it's not an illegal strike, so you can't really, you can't feel a certain way if a fighter chooses to use it because it's within the rules. For me, it's a lot of the same reason you just said. I mean, you do that, and the thing is, I feel like you go for it. You know what damage it does. We all do now. So I think if a fighter goes for it, that's kind of to say that you're trying to stop this fight relatively quickly rather than compete to the full length of the skills if you didn't have it. I think you really push as a martial artist if you can't have that kind of easy exit available that you just take out the knee. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, like when you talk about the damage, it's like, well, you do the same things to the knee when you go for a knee bar. And it's like, well, you kind of had the option to tap. Now, you know, obviously, like, I guess, how do you evaluate it compared to, let's say, the damage when they just go for the sidekick, you know, the just they go for the leg kicks and they chop away at you like Jose Aldo. I Look, there's clearly room for debate there, but I feel like the use of this particular one, like you said, it just does so much damage that I feel actually affects the competition in a way that it, it I'm going to say it like this, it does feel like it ruins it a little bit because you're not seeing someone push to their skills. You're seeing someone immediately compromised, and I think that kind of takes away from a lot of the fun. And just because it was so recent... What was one of the biggest things that everyone was talking about that made the Yoel versus Robert rematch so intriguing? Robert suffered the knee injury in the earlier rounds, and we wanted to see what a healthy Robert Whitaker looked like going all five rounds without that knee injury. So, you're, like you said, you're kind of questioning the level of competition once someone's affected by that kick. And if the outcome would have been different had he not had the more serious injury earlier in the round. Yeah, so I mean, this one, um, like I said, since it's not illegal, I, you can't like, you know, point the, you know, you can't put your finger in someone's chest when they're not breaking the rules. So I want to say that, but um, I'm not a fan of it. I think that the competition would be more competitive, more fun without it. And so that's why I would say that they should look at banning that move also when you think about the 12 to 6 elbow that famously another guy by the name of jones you know lost for it that's another one i mean it's not like it's uh, unheard of to ban certain things so this one i just think you know it was popularized more because now you actually have people who are striking and muay thai and taekwondo and kickboxing more that now more people actually know how to do it that's why it's a more new problem, but that's why rules grow and evolve, in my opinion. Yet. Kayla, so I keep seeing this thing about Chael and Ariel Helwani's new show. Have you seen it? They had their first episode today. I did not get to catch it yet. What did you think? I, I only saw a clip. Um, I'm going to be very honest for all the fans listening. I do not intend to start my ESPN Plus until the 1st of January just because I already have Fight Pass and just a lot of, you know, I guess my ethics. I just can't pay for too much ahead of time. You know what I mean? But I did see a clip. Um, it, it, it feels very different, but it's, it looks like a lot of fun. 
they were talking about does UFC need Connor to come back financially, which is obviously a very go-to topic if you're talking about mainstream MMA. But I wanted to ask you something. There's Ariel and the bad guy. If we were going to put ourselves in those shoes, who's Ariel and who's the bad guy? Gee, I've heard you probably say this over 10 times that you are the Mexican Ariel Hawani. So you already are putting me in that position to be the bad guy. (laughs) Here's the thing. When they ask me what website I'm with and you're not saying MMA junkie or something like that, they kind of tune out. So that's kind of like my backup. And it, oh, gets re- it gets a reaction out of fighters. Um, but no, okay, I get that. But no, I want to be the bad guy. I want to talk trash and, you know, get people riled up. You got to step up your, your sass, G. You could be the Ariel because you're the nice one. <laughs> All right, well, let's see. We have to start seeing the bad boy come out. All right, so enough of that, Kayla. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, I think it's fun. Um, we got to think of like another uh, another set of shows where they like debate a lot and see which one are we. Um, well, no well, one's, well, no one's we get the ESPN app. All right, I, I, I'm with that. I'm with that. Like, wait, do you watch First Take? First Take? Yes, on ESPN. I don't really watch that show. No. Not that one. I was going to say, that's one um, when I used to do shows with debate. It's like, so which one's which when we talked about it? But that, I'll save that one for a different day. I'll send you some clips and we could debate who's who. Okay. Moving on, though. So we do have a fight card. Kayla, I got to be honest. Um, I have had, I, I haven't been waking up early for the World Cup, but now UFC is doing it to me this week. UFC Singapore on Fight Pass. It is set to start at around 4.30 a.m., if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> I don't know if that's prelims or main card. I have to double check. But nice and early for the people of Asia locally. And the main event, Donald Cowboy Cerrone against Leon Edwards. We know what Cowboy brings. He just had, I rewatched it, a lot of fun. First round knockout over Yancey Medeiros earlier this year. Stops this tough skid he's been on. Leon Edwards on a nice win streak, looking to break into the top 10. Where do you start with this fight? I think it's definitely going to be a competitive fight. Now that I've been reading in the news, there's a little fire behind it because Leon Edwards is another young guy calling Donald Cerrone old you know, saying he's slow, that he's the new, um, you know, version of a well-rounded fighter. But I think that both men have the skills on the feet and on the ground. Um, So it's definitely going to be competitive. I think that if I had, here's the thing, Donald Cerrone for a little bit, you know, he goes on these runs where he wins and then he um, goes on a bit of a losing streak. Obviously he's gained that momentum back with one fight, but it was against a, tough young guy in Yancey Madero. So I don't think that Leon Edwards should, should be, you know, I guess uh, counting out him just yet. But I do think that if Donald Cerrone doesn't go in there with a game plan, or if he doesn't go in there, um, you know, willing to change up his game plan and really look at it by round by round, I think that Leon Edwards might be the faster fighter 
And I think that he's smart looking for the takedowns when he needs to and knowing how to, you know, score more points if he sees it going to decision. And I do see this, this fight, you know, being a competitive fight and possibly going to decision. So, um, yeah, I think it's just going to, going to determine on whether, or just how Donald Cerrone goes into the fight. But I have to say, I feel more confident for Donald Cerrone just because of the last fight with Holly Holm. I think that um, Jackson Wink, you know, all of them have been saying, I don't know what he even said, what's going on with Jackson Wink fighters recently. I think that for some reason they must have had like a little team meeting or something just to get everyone back on track and, um, you know, prove why they're pumping out some of the best fighters. So I see them going in with a good game plan. What about you, G? What do you think? Oh, I wish you hadn't brought up Jackson Wink. Why? Okay, yeah, Holly Holm did have a big night, but I watched her post-fight interview, and she said, well, like, like yes, we did, but we also had a rough night with um, Clay Guida, Rashad, Overeem, and it was like, I mean, Holly was the saving grace that night for the team, <laughs> if I am being quite honest with you. Um, look, you know, I, I know that there's, I don't know how to really describe what's going on with that team because they're all tough guys and women. And it's not like they're all getting blown out every time. You know, they're, it's not like they're not winning. It's just, you know, let's be honest, the big marquee fights, they have been coming up short. That's just the truth. But it's not a blanket thing. So it's really hard to describe and say there's an issue. I think they are just... Look, they're just having a tough time right now, and I don't really know if there's a solution besides just waiting it out and keep working. And, of course, a lot of these are veterans. A lot of these have been in the game for a long time. I'm going to say it. I I can't think of a Jackson Wink fighter right now who's, like, young, early 20s on a roll right now. Maybe they are, and they're just not UFC right now, but Uh I will point that out in terms of Jackson Wink. Um, in terms of the heat, I like it. I like that Leon is trying to get some going. I like that Cowboy feels very calm. He's a veteran. He knows how to handle this. You said it very great stylistically. It's like you've been training or something. I don't know what it is. But, yeah, I think the same thing. The takedowns of Leon Edwards are going to be the key. I think that he likes to counter. He uses a lot of the same weapons, likes to mix up his punches and kicks. But he also looks for his opening to take down, makes his opponent more hesitant. I like that from his game. However, against a guy like Cowboy, I think that Cowboy has a little more firepower. And that's key. Because in my opinion, the only people, at least more recently, who have been able to beat Cowboy, it's because they had that extra pop in their punches. It's because they had that extra size, that extra explosiveness that really Cowboy doesn't have an answer for. When he's really just against a a guy that doesn't have those extra tools or athleticism, he tends to be very competitive. He is very good skill-wise. I can't say Leon Edwards poses that big threat to him, but if Leon is able to mix up his takedowns, it could be a long night because even though Cowboy has a great ground game, he hasn't used it as often in recent years, and that makes me wonder, is he ready to grapple for a long time with the guy who's been using all his, his weapons like Leon. So what are you predicting, G? 
Oh, I was about to toss it to you. You know I don't <laughs> like to go first. That, I... Hey, Kayla, the bad guy never goes first. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> oh. I am actually going to favor Donald Cerrone in this one. And I think he's going to win by decision. What do you think? I completely agree. I think uh, I have Cowboy. Um, I think that Leon is going to be a little more defensive than Yancy Medeiros. So I, it's tough for, for me to see a finish for Cowboy. Um, they haven't come very often. At 170, you know, I mean, well, put it this way. I don't think he's faced someone, the youth and the energy at 170. Let me rephrase that. Like, he's beaten a lot of people. He's beaten a lot of veterans by finish. I think that Leon isn't has less miles. I think he's going to be more durable than a lot of people Cowboy has fought. So I think that's going to take it to a decision, but... I do see it for Cowboy. I think he has just a few more weapons, and they're a little more polished. He's just a little more dangerous. Um, Kayla, the the whole fight card, it's actually, you know what? It's a sleeper, but, I mean, you got the return of OSP. He's obviously looking, looking to get back on track. Okay, like, pet peeve. This is actually one of my favorite things. You also have the Battle of the Jessicas. Jessica, <laughs> Jess, Jessica Rose Clark and Jessica I. I mean, so what's the first name of the girl who you think will win that one? <laughs> um, we'll have to start looking at their nicknames. Jess, well, Jessie. I always say this, like, that might be the most disarming nickname you could have as a fighter. But yet it works for her, Jesse Jess. Do you think anyone's going to walk out to the song, Who's That Girl? It's Jess. Oh, my God. I love that. <laughs> like, Art. no lie. Like, the yeah. first time I saw that on New Girl, I that thing got stuck in my mind. She just, I always remember that line. It was so fun. But I would love it. I hope they work it into the open workout somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in their videos. I would love that to happen. A remix. Yep. Also, Lee Jiang Leong, the leech, looks to get back on track. So it's, it's, there's some fun names. I think you got to, you know, once again, you got a main card with a lot of people looking to move up in the division. So we'll have a lot to talk about next week for sure. Um, we do have one more segment before we do announcements for you guys. So Kayla, obviously we are in the heart of World Cup action. And, you know, this doesn't stop the fighters from being fans and repping for their country. I found this video, and it might be one of my favorite ones. So why don't you explain what we're going to talk about? Um, well, gee, I mean, I love the video that you sent me, but I was a little confused on exactly what I was what watching. It's, it's supposed to be like a fun commercial pretending if Anderson Silva had had had, had a soccer career. Yes. So um, loosely translated, it's essentially um, a teaser for the broadcast of the World Cup in Brazil. So essentially the words are saying, you know, this time of year, everyone is on the team, which is to say, you know, everyone is on Team Brazil as they, you know, they play in the World Cup. But um, yeah, you know what? So this particular video, I saw it and it had me giggling. So everyone knows Anderson Silva former middleweight champion, highlight reel of finishes. And he was a big soccer fan. 
So he kind of, you know, imagined his life. And what are your, some, of, some of your favorite things? Because essentially he isn't a model soccer player, to say the least. I mean, I really enjoyed the part where he's playing soccer. And then I think, like, misses his, you know, shot at getting the ball and then just ends up choking the guy out. And then when the referee, I think, wants to throw a flag or whatever at him, he looks at him like, you want to be choked out too? That, of course, is a super cute moment. Um, I really liked it. I was a fan of the ending. Um, so he, he's doing this stuff, and the country of Brazil hates him because he's, you know, not playing well. And so he ends up on the beach. He's selling shrimp. <laughs> and, of course, like Brazilian soccer legend Pele walks up to him and just smacks him. And, of course, Anderson comes to, and he's back in the cage. Pele is cheering him on for his fight, and, of course, he wins. So I just think it was very clever. It was very cool to see just, um, I think, the production value. It really yeah, was would impress me. For sure. It was a fun video. Yeah, so I think it's cool. I mean, look, you got a lot of fighters internationally. I mean, soccer's so big. I know that in the United States, not as much, but people are pumped up about it. And I think it's always a fun time. Like when people get to celebrate it, like the Olympics, I'm always a big fan of it. I think it's just all nice, healthy fun. For sure. Do you have a certain soccer team that you do tune into when you watch? Um, I like the Brazilian team. I think top to bottom, they just are very fun. They play in a style that's very cool. Um, when I can catch it, I like to see what's up with the big stars like Leo Messi for Argentina or Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh -huh. And I'll be honest, like I said all the time, like for Messi, I, I hope he has a great tournament. The odds aren't in his favor to win. There's just better overall teams. But you know that he needs it for like that legendary status. Like if you want to go down as the best of all time. You have to win for your country, not just for your club. So I think that makes it a lot of fun to watch the big stars, how they handle this kind of pressure. I think it's always cool. What about you? Yeah, a couple of years back when I was really watching with a lot of my friends, their top teams were Argentina and Brazil. But um, I miss, I kind of miss working at a sports bar because it was one of my favorite times to work in the year just because the fans get so into it. And it's just a fun, exciting sport. You know, you have the moments of acting, they say, in there, of um, oh, yeah. injuries. But I just feel like the fans really get into it. So, um, I don't know. We'll see. I'm in L.A. I might hit up my soccer-watching friends and see if we can catch some early games just so I can tune in like all the other MMA community watching soccer right now. All right. Well, I was going to say, we'll have to text each other. We'll, we'll like to, we'll tweet at each other during the game. That's what we'll figure out how to do. Okay. So we have some announcements. So you, all right. So I'm going to save our, our joint one for a minute. I do want to shout a few things out. So coming to my, my channels, I'm going to be pushing them all across social media. But I want to push exclusive interviews. I'm speaking with Christy Loba Lopez. And Christina Williams, both of them fighting next week at Bellator. I had the chance to talk with them for a while, talk about their career, 
obviously the fight coming up and everything going on. So be on the lookout. Those are expected to be published in the next few days. I'm very proud of them. Both women, very cool. There are a few others that I am scheduled, and when they're out, I'll be pushing them also. But Kayla, you have the big one. We have a joint field trip once again. Where are we going next week? Yeah, it's going to be fun. I have heard from a few people in media, so we're going to have a nice group of friends covering Bellator 201. We have a main event where champ Alima Lee McFarlane will be defending, making her first title defense against Alejandra Lara, who is a fighter from or with Colombian descent, but also an aerial dancer. Um, really? Vegetarian <laughs> is um, the way that she likes to describe herself via Twitter. But yeah, it's going to be a fun time. It's in Temecula. Um, I know that there's some friends that we're going to see, um, in, you know, from the commission. It's just going to be a good time. I feel like a lot of people um, that we're just friends with on the West Coast and MMA are going to be there. So I'm excited. Yeah, I've heard a bunch of other people I know who are going to be going too. Um, yeah, uh, what I got to say, I mean, I've talked with both of them. Um, look, Alima just... She's a. I know that her record is very deceiving. I think people sleep on just how good she is, and I think that Alejandra is the fighter that is gonna push her to the next level. Alejandra is so athletic, uses a lot of tools, and let me tell you some, Kayla. I ran into her last month when I was in Northern California. She is already ripped and in shape. I kid you not. She looked like she was ready to fight, and we were still like a month out. She is hungry for that title shot. She wants the belt, so I am very excited. Me too. It's going to be a good time. So next week we'll have plenty of coverage of that. Hopefully I'll be able to do a quick show just to kind of recap and let you guys know what's going on in Temecula. But I'm super excited um so okay wait g i haven't checked recently what's you're up? just saying that the prelims are going to start at 4 30 a.m what time am i watching the fight this weekend let me double check <laughs> let me see if i can pull it up uh okay here's the question who's gonna call who who's gonna wake up the other that's the big question that's what alarms are for you know i'm gonna press snooze when i hear that uh, okay, it what? says 8 a.m., 5 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. Pre- yeah. Is that Prelim the main start. card? That's the main card. Prelims start at 1.30 in the morning. Okay, fun. I'm not doing that, but don't get me wrong. I'm sure they're going to kill it out there. And, you know, like they say, it's 5 o'clock somewhere, right? Uh-huh. Okay, so we'll wake each other up. We'll get coffee. We'll make sure, like, Kayla, don't fall asleep. Cowboys about to walk out, okay? All right. Well, either way, we'll be having coverage on that and a show next week to recap. G, where can the fans find you? Fans, you can find me all the time at Double G on TV. Kayla Beatty, where can the fans keep up with you? They can keep up with me at fangirl underscore MMA. Have a good weekend, G. I'll see you next week. See you guys next week.